The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Personally, if I was single right now, I think the hottest thing on the planet is being emotionally mature. I feel like it's hard to find these days, though. Everybody we're talking to that's on these apps is having the hardest time because they're, they're all of these apps that are designed for just these quick dating, one night stand onto the next as quick as possible. And most people, when they're on these apps, really what they're looking for is connection, real connection. Well, I have the cure, okay? I'm going to tell everyone about this. I've already told my friends. And that is the Match dating app. Match's annual survey found that for the first time in more than a decade, emotional maturity ranks higher than physical attraction. Yeah. Like I said, people are done with just these quick, you know, one and done dates jumping onto the next. They want something. They want a true relationship. I love that this app is so much about being emotionally mature. And you're going to find people on this app that start their day before 11 a.m. You're going to find people that don't ghost you. You're going to find people that want open and honest communication. And you're also going to find someone who knows liking Mescal isn't a personality trait. <laughs> wow, this is a real plot twist for the internet. This is like mind-blowing, okay? Are you guys ready for something more? If you know what you want and aren't afraid to say it, download the Match app now. And now when you download the Match app, messaging your top matches is free. So check it out now and get into real relationships by downloading the Match app now. If you know what you want and aren't afraid to say it, download the Match app now. And now when you download the Match app, messaging your top matches is free. So check it out now and get into real relationships by downloading the Match app now. Enjoy. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! The reality is that most diets, and there's that statistic that isn't 100% accurate, but I think there is some truth to it, that 95% of diets fail. I believe it's more like 95% of diets fail people because they're very rigid, restrictive, one size fits all. And what I think the most important part of any healthy eating plan or diet or even weight loss plan is forming a healthier relationship with food. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Lisa Moskovitz. And today we are keeping up with the wellness theme, heading into the new year, trying to keep it right, trying to keep it tight, trying to keep it well, trying to keep it good, trying to keep it fresh. She is an expert nutritionist in New York City. She flew in for this episode. We cover everything nutrition in this episode. I ask her very detailed questions about weight loss, about toning, about eating disorders, all kinds of things around eating. I hope you love this episode with Lisa. On that note, Lisa is an RD, a CDN, and a CEO. She is also the author of The Core 3 Healthy Eating Plan. We go everywhere in this episode. With that, let's welcome Lisa to the show. This is The Skinny Confidential, him and her. It is so confusing how many different diets there are on the internet. Like for me, I, I get to have access to so many amazing people, but even I'm confused. It's like paleo, keto, fiber, don't diet, intuitive, blah, 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 blah. How do you sort of stand out through all that noise to your clients? I love that question because it's something that I get asked all the time in my practice when clients come to see me, which diet should I try? The reality is 
The diet industry is a billion dollar industry. It is incredibly confusing, convoluted. It's hard to snuff out science from snake oil, from fact, from fiction. And as a result, I think a lot of people end up feeling even more, unfortunately, helpless, hopeless, confused, lost. They go on diets, they get off diets, they get bored of them, they gain the way back because the reality is that most diets, and there's that statistic that isn't 100% accurate, but I think there is some truth to it, that 95% of diets fail. I believe it's more like 95% of diets fail people because they're very rigid, restrictive, one size fits all. And what I think the most important part of any healthy eating plan or diet or even weight loss plan is forming a healthier relationship with food. And most of them don't even talk about that. How about like what food means to you, the connection you have to it? Are you listening to your body? Are you letting a diet dictate how much you should eat, when you should eat? That's like, it's like almost like saying, I'm going to tell you when you should pee. You should pee every day at 8 a.m., 12 a.m. And this is how much you should pee. It's really ridiculous when you put it that way, but that's what eating is. It's supposed to be something that we do naturally. We're born as intuitive eaters. And then it's not until later when we start to hear all this noise and now it's amplified with social media that we start to get more and more disconnected from our body and more and more confused and just not getting to that place we want to be, which is just to feel good, just to feel good and not have to worry about all the time and not have to worry about I'm going out to eat what am I going to eat? I'm going on vacation. Is there going to be food there? Do I have to pack stuff? I get a little bit of that is very important. I do preach that. I think it's good to plan ahead. But when you're like obsessing over it and it's like a, something that's like a focal point in your life, it almost that's when it starts to cross over that line of like disordered, dysfunctional, distorted, those kind of things. And it's hard to, again, just function. That's so interesting that you say that because I'm always observing my husband and how he eats. Oh, and God. no, he, you have, <laughs> he's so, he has this no, no attachment mm. to food. Mm. It's like, he just eats when he's hungry. Thing. He doesn't make it a thing. Yeah. He doesn't look at portions. He doesn't like carbs, protein. He just eats. Yeah. Well, no, you, yeah. Lauren says I have no attachment to food. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I think what you said, like intuitive eating, yeah. like my entire life, I always stop eating before I'm full. Like just, I just, like, I don't feel, yeah. I don't like the feeling of feeling really full. And I know some, you know, we had yeah. our, our producer on the show and he said he grew up where his, you know, his family would make him eat every scrap of food on the plate. And I think a lot of people go through that and they feel obligated to finish these meals, right? And there's like this guilt where, you know, you want to, you're grateful that you have this meal. So you feel like you have to eat all of it. But mm -hmm. for me, I just never felt good eating every single thing. So as soon as I start to feel a little full, I stop. And then I kind of just listen to myself when I, when I feel like I, you know, maybe if I haven't had red meat in a while, I'm like, oh, I feel like I need some protein. I'll do that. Or if I need fruit or whatever, but right. You know, like that's, that's how it. I That's eat. your cue. That's your look. You're listening to your internal cue. Whereas yes. a lot of people will listen more to external extrin extrinsic cues, which is there's nothing left on my plate. So I'll stop eating now. Or this is what the diet plan tells me to eat. So I can only eat this much or everybody else around me not eating anymore. So I guess I should stop. Like there's that comparison thing. What you're talking about is exactly what I think most people even listening would be like, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could just stop when I've had enough and I'm satisfied, which is different than being full. It's very different to feel satisfied with something and content and like, I feel good. I can move on to my day. I can go and, and feeling like full. I can't put another bite in my body and I need to unbutton my pants. Like that's very, very different. So that's actually really good. And like you said, it's 
it is like a connect, it is a connection, you know, but maybe not like a, something that's like a dependency. Like you don't need, like think about food all the time. It's just like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. I'm good. I can walk away. Okay, Lisa, let's pretend like I am your client. Yes. And I come in and I'm, I'm a woman, not a man, because that's different. (laughs) You guys are different. Yes. You, You seem to eat whatever the fuck you want and you don't gain weight. I'm me. And I'm like, I need to lose 15 pounds. Yes. Where do you start with a client like that? Totally. Okay. So what I usually do, and I definitely believe in some loosely structured meal planning. It absolutely has to be personalized. The first two things I always go into, number one is, do you think you do any type of stress eating or emotional eating? That to me is always where the extra comes in. Before we start to talk about how much portions of rice are you eating or are you eating any fat at your meal? It's like, no, how about we look at what could possibly be extra stress eating, emotional eating. And by the way, stress isn't really like an emotion, but we can eat when we're feeling tense. Or is there any mindless eating? Are you eating when you're in front of the TV and on the phone and answering an email? Are you eating while you're walking to your next thing, meeting? Are you eating while you're cooking and not really paying attention to what you're putting in your body? Is there a lot of that like eating with abandon or just not sitting down with the food in front of you? I don't know how many people do that. Most of us don't do that every single day or every single meal, rather. Looking at the food, paying attention to it, giving yourself a moment, checking in with yourself. How do I feel? Am I really hungry right now? Am I just eating because I'm bored, tired, lonely, stressed, angry? Anger, by the way, I heard this one time and I love it because it's so true. And as a female is one of the, I see the number one reasons why women will do more like emotional eating is if they feel angry. Because it's like an emotion that women, some many times we're not like socialized to be angry, you know? So I see that as like a big reason that women can't pinpoint. Like I'm doing all this eating. I don't know why. It's like, well, let's talk about your emotions for a second. Instead I'm all about of the feelings. emotional eating, I just take Michael on a walk and get him alone without any phones. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a little oh hack. Okay, go on. Can I, I ask that. you something real yes. quick on a tangent? Yes. You mentioned sitting down and like being yes. intentional eating a meal. Is it bad to eat fast? It is not bad. Nothing is bad. And I hate to use those like polarizing binary words. Going about, Agreed. But- it is not bad. It's, I would just say like, why are you doing that? Let's talk about the why. I don't care what you're doing. He, I want to know he why He just wants to get that. it over with. Okay, no, no, why do you, do you do that? I eat yeah. fast. And, but when I do eat, like, I don't like to be, I don't like to be in a meeting or on the computer or doing something or sitting in front. I, when I eat, I just want to eat. And then you find it laborious. But my, you know, like, so I'm not doing the yeah. thing where I'm like sitting, like, I'm not multitasking eating. Like if I sit, like today I made a yeah. sandwich and I sit down and I ate it. I ate kind of quick. And then I, and then I'm done. But like Lauren said, I kind of just want to get it over with. Hmm. Yeah. Right. And move on. Yes. So I, I wouldn't say that's bad, but if for that reason alone, some people will eat fast because they didn't eat enough that day because they're really hungry. I wouldn't call that mindful eating. Like I think there's probably a little bit of an element of mindless eating there where you're just like, okay, I don't want to pay attention to my food right now. And I don't think there's anything bad with that. Nobody is she, going to do that all the time. She thinks it's bad. That's why I'm asking right. you because she's like, this is not right. a healthy way to I eat do to not think it's bad. I just think I don't like to it could spike be better. my cortisol in I, any way. Yes. I'm sorry. It's I stress just don't. hormone. Yeah, yeah but, I, don't, it, I don't like it. And so when I'm eating, I like to go slow. Yes. But when I'm eating, going slow spikes my cortisol because I don't want to be there. Because for you, it's very stressful. When I was a kid. Oh, <laughs> let's, let's, can we get back to the that. question? I need a little help. I need okay, help here. Let's talk. I need a lot of help. When I was a kid, I was what they may call a problem child at the time. I was in a lot of trouble. I got kicked out of first grade. I got kicked out of sec- sixth grade. I got kicked out of seventh. I got kicked out of... I was 
a lot. Not like, and not bad, bad stuff. Just, you know, class clown type stuff. And I was, I was not Love listening it. to the rules. So I got in trouble. And because of that, and look at you now, right? <laughs> yeah, look at it's, it's, yeah, yeah, paid off. It's yeah. well, it's, the jury's still out, but <laughs> I I had all of these detentions, so I had to stay after school and do the hour, and I had so many I did like the lunch detention and stay in there, and then I had so many that they had to sometimes convert them to Saturday schools where I had to go on Saturday for four hours, and I you, you have to sit for hours in these things. So now I think I got this thing when I'm older. I don't want to sit like that mm. in one place yes. for too long. It's like long. punitive. It's like and, a punishment. Yes, unless there's something going on. Like I could do it in a conversation. Yeah. Or I could do, do you want to talk about your birth too right now? But anyways, <laughs> I, in a way, sometimes the meal and sitting there for this long period of time feels like detention. It makes sense. This morning I woke up and I made my chlorophyll water with my beauty drops. So basically I do a bunch of ice and then I do Saqqara's chlorophyll drops with a little bit of the beauty drops. And then I do tons of lemon and a little mint. And I am telling you, it is such a nice ritual to wake up with. I sit there, I listen to a little bit of meditation music. And then usually I take my big water on a walk. I am obsessed with these drops. I've told all my friends about them. You can get them in a pack. It's one chlorophyll and one beauty drop. And the beauty drops is like these minerals And so the whole water concoction is absolutely amazing. You could even put the beauty drops and the chlorophyll in your tea. They don't really taste like anything. They just give you tons of benefits. I noticed specifically with chlorophyll that it helps control body odor, ask my husband, boosts energy, and also it's great for skincare. I've done a lot of research on chlorophyll. You can even go on the Skinny Confidential and look at all the posts that I've done. And it really helps stimulate your immune system. And then mixed with the minerals, it's absolutely heaven. I'm telling you, you have to try this mix. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Saqqara, they're a wellness company rooted in the power of plant-based food. So not only should you get these drops, you should also check out their organic ready-to-eat meals. They come straight to your door and each meal is designed to boost your energy, improve digestion, and get your skin glowing. I like this program because each week you can get these creative breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You never get bored and everything is very, very fresh. They really focus on wellness. So if I were you, I would grab the chlorophyll and the beauty drops and definitely check out their menu. They have insane reviews on the internet from Vogue, Goop, and the New York Times. Right now, Saqqara is offering all our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to saqqara.com slash skinny or you can enter code skinny at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash skinny. And you get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash skinny. But that's what I'm saying. It, that's very interesting because they're always, it always kind of goes back to memories. Food is so personal. And obviously we have to eat every single day for the rest of our lives. And it does, it, it, we can connect a lot of the things around food for you. It does, it's not food specifically, but it is something about that sitting and being like for yes. a long period of time and just like being, and that's what like mindfulness is with or without food. Mindfulness is sitting there with your emotions and just like feeling them and checking in and not like, where's my phone? What's happening here? Let me think about what I need to do tomorrow or tonight or in an hour from now. So that isn't easy. And I think because it brings up that discomfort, it's uncomfortable for you. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's something that maybe you should explore and challenge yourself to do. Sure. Like I like sitting alone and reading and doing all this, but I just don't, I feel like if it starts to become like a monotonous, like repetitive thing over and over, I'm like, what if you played like relaxing music? What if you tried that? 
I know, yeah. I mean, and yeah. light like a candle, although you shouldn't breathe in too much because it's not good for your lungs. But like put some relaxing music on, make it in a place, like sit outside. Maybe just a suggestion to make it more enjoyable for you so it's not like just you and the food sure. and yourself, you but yourself and you. Yeah. Just to round it out though, if I eat fast, is it bad for my health? So this is the issue. Eating fast can be problematic mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons, maybe more. First is that you might not be breaking down the food properly. So right. if you're eating fast, you know, the d- digestion starts in our mouth when we're chewing. And so if you're like skipping that part, like you're someone that just like barely chews your food and just like swallows it basically, you're not breaking it. You're missing that first very important part of the process. So I'm a fast chewer. Just don't do anything fast. 20 no times. one wants a try minute to chew of 20 times. I, I challenge you. Here's okay. a good homework exercise for you. Challenge you to try to do 20 times, chew 20 times before you swallow. It's going to feel really awkward and weird, but just see, maybe then you'll be like, wow, like this is so much longer. This is so much different. And maybe you feel better. Now that I have a challenge, I'll do it. Okay. And like Anyways, for people with digestion really issues, it could be a problem for. So those are, those are a couple of the biggest reasons why. And then also people tend to overeat, which isn't like a bad thing. Overeating is not a bad thing per se. It depends. But that's what usually causes it is like, you're just like not paying attention. And then you're not giving your body that time to register that fullness because it could take an average of 20 minutes. Now that we got full. Michael's autobiography. <laughs> There's probably a lot of people listening. They're like, shut the hell I up, I think people can relate care. to that though. I do. Lauren's mad. They'd, okay, I get it. I'm done now. I'm okay, done. thank you. So if a client were to come see you that wants to yeah. lose 15 pounds, what are the steps that you would take with them? Totally. So I, I would usually address the, let's talk about what you're eating in a day. I want to know everything. I don't just like jump into, here's what you could do to lose weight. And here's this like prescription diet that everybody gets when they come to my office. No, I'm all about personalization, customization. And I really like to talk about feelings. I know not everybody does, but I'm like, how do you feel about it? Why do you want to lose 15 pounds? Maybe you don't have 15 pounds to lose. That happens a lot. People will come in thinking that they should weigh what it says on the BMI chart, right? Which is a 200 year old artifact that's totally antiquated and shouldn't be determining your healthiest weight. The BMI chart should not determine your healthiest weight. That's the place where you could feel your best without having to starve yourself or go to the gym excessively. So first let's talk about why you want to lose that weight. Where is your healthiest weight? Maybe it's 15 pounds. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. Maybe you need to gain weight. I don't know. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then we'll go into, tell me what you're doing every day. What are your habits and behaviors? So I like to be like, yes, data's numbers. Sometimes I even talk about calories because calories do matter sometimes, but it's impossible to count every calorie you eat. Not going to happen. It's just not happening. So Let's talk about that. And then we would take all of that information and then we would put it together into some kind of approach that addresses all of those things, but behaviors and habits. Like what happens when you get up in the morning? Oh, I eat. When people come to my office, they'll say, I'll say, tell me what you eat in a day. And they'll tell me what they eat in a day. And then I'll say, okay, now let's go do food records for, I don't know if either one of you have ever done that before, like wrote down what you were eating. It's really fun. Write it all down. It's a free tool. Anyone can use it come back, we'll look at it nine times out of 10, not every time. It's different. It's different than what you thought you ate. Like what I I say to you, like, what did you eat last week? How do you know? You don't know. Cause we do a little bit of that mindless eating, but when you write it down, then we go, wait a minute, you're not making yourself breakfast every day. You're not meal prepping or anything during the week. And that's why you're ordering in seven nights a week 
those are the types of things that we need to look at is those habits and behaviors. Are you drinking water? So I really think that's way more important, even for weight loss, than a very detailed, structured diet plan that really doesn't have you addressing any of that. What's a success story that you've seen where someone came to you? What were their habits before and what were their habits after? Ooh, that's a good question. So I would say kind of a little bit of what I just talked about now, but what I do see a lot of people doing is A, skipping breakfast. And I I do believe that breakfast, I know I'm not, not such a popular opinion right now with intermittent fasting, but I really believe in the power of breakfast. I think it sets the tone for the day. You might be like, I just don't need it and that's fine. But for me personally, if I don't have breakfast, I'm snacking after dinner and I'm hungry all night long. What do you so- have for breakfast? So it could be anything. What's something that you like though? What do you go to? So I will I will tell you what I like, but disclaimer, what I eat does not mean that okay. everybody else should eat it. I always have to add that in there. But for me, what works is a smoothie or a, two slices of sprouted grain bread with almond butter is like my go-to because I need- What's the bread? Something. What's the almond butter? The brands? Okay. Brands, Trader Joe's. Okay. Almond butter. Trader Joe's right next to me in the cell of Manhattan. So it's around the corner. Love it. Love it. And it tastes the best to me. And then Dave's Killer Bread, I really like. Okay. Okay, so name drop. So, name drop. Yeah. I lo- I, we we yeah, love we brands like here. Drop. We like okay. specific brands. Okay. okay, so so success story. What were they doing before? What were they doing after? You said that you mentioned that they weren't eating a lot of breakfast. Go yes. On. So that's one example. So not eating breakfast, not eating at regular intervals. Every single day was a little different. There was no structured meals. It was like kind of picking at stuff. I like to call that like more of my erratic eater, which is one of the eating archetypes in the book, the core three book that is coming out in January. That person that's just very like erratic all over the place. Like dinner's like, okay, I'll just think I'll eat dinner when dinner comes. Like if whenever it happens, I don't know, I'm not going to plan it. I'm not going to think about it. And then what happens from that is when they don't think about it, that can lead to overeating. It could lead to eating quickly. It could lead to not getting enough nutrients, not getting enough balance in your diet. So then we would focus more on like, let's just talk about eating every three, four hours throughout the day. Because I believe at least a little something every three, four hours is better for energy, digestion, mental health, hormone balance, especially for premenopausal women. I think regular intervals of eating and keeping blood sugar levels stable like a whole other thing. Keeping those blood sugar levels stable is paramount to feel your best. What about wine? Wine, I'm not anti-alcohol. Okay. Wine is sort of what I would like to put into that family of like, give yourself a treat. But that means one drink a day, sorry, depressing for women and two drinks a day for men because they can digest it a little better because they have an enzyme called alcohol dehydrogenase. Women, it's like one drink, which is like half a wine glass. It's like not even a full wine glass. I'd rather just drink like three days a week and (laughs) save my, no, save mine like for like two or three cocktails a day. I wish. Technically you can't do that. (laughs) Does that work? Technically, no. like, I'm going to save it all for one big day. Uh, One day I'm going to have eight drinks a week. Let me ask you this. Is there a common habit that is, that people just have a really hard time breaking? Is there something you see all the time? It's like, they just, for whatever reason, individuals yes. can't break this habit. So I, again, I would, I would think a little bit of the planning ahead. I would think the mindless eating is huge. Also like knowing, and this isn't really like a habit, but just like knowing how to put together a balanced meal. Most people don't understand all of the elements that need to be there, which is carbs, proteins, and fats. And there's certain types of each, but all three of those things should be as much as possible at every meal. 
And that is very important for the other things I mentioned, which is the blood sugar stability, the energy level to have enough stamina throughout the day for digestion, for immune system. So those are the three biggest things. And then other stuff is like the common stuff, like drinking water. People don't understand like one glass of water a day is not going to cut it. You need almost half of your weight in ounces. That's roughly how much you should be getting every day. Half of your weight in ounces. Our bodies are like 60% water. So that's really important. And then I also think people just feel like, this is like the one big, I think, misconception that I see a lot is that just getting a diet is like a magic wand. Like here's a diet. I just need to find like a really good diet. And then it'll be like this magic wand over my life and I'll just follow it and I'll ride into the sunset of happiness with my body. But no, number one, losing weight isn't going to improve your body image. It has to come from within. And number two, you're going to get burned out by that. And there's going to be a time where you're like, I want to go on vacation or it's the holidays or, you know, I want to go out to eat with my friends. And then it's just really hard to, to maintain. So I think it's just like the approach people take, the mindset people have when it comes to eating healthy and nutrition. They think there's this like It's also super annoying when you hang out with certain people and like you go out for a fun time and they're so concerned about the diet. Yes. Right? Like I'm just like, I'd rather just not go with you then. And that's not right. Is that messed up to say? Like I'd rather just say like, hey, let's just not do this. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a chore for everybody. Right. As you know, I launched a co-brand. I'm so excited. If you guys haven't checked it out, you have to. So basically, I teamed up with Canopy. Canopy is the most amazing humidifier in the world. And we created a skinny confidential humidifier together. With Canopy, we got to pick everything from the packaging to the design. It's very pink and girly to even the aromas. I picked Palmberry, which totally is inspired by the Skinny Confidential Ice Queen Oil, Pomegranate, and Raspberry. And then I wanted something nostalgic. So we did Pink Taffy. There are so many benefits of humidifiers, especially for your skin. If you have sinuses or allergies or a cold, this humidifier is a fucking game changer. I could breathe easier. It also reduces the spread of viruses indoors. It alleviates symptoms of cold, flu, allergies, nasal congestion, sinus irritation, and cough. So the thing about this humidifier too is it's one of the only humidifiers on the market that doesn't mold. You should also know there's tons of benefits for skin, for hair. It plumps, it moisturizes, it does all the things. You can check out my collab with Canopy at getcanopy.co. As you can tell, I'm obviously a huge humidifier fan and they also launched a new product and that is the Canopy Aroma Diffuser. The Canopy Diffuser is completely waterless and just like the humidifier, it's completely mist-free. So there's no wet particles or bacteria that end up in your air, on your furniture, or on your skin. You also never have to worry about annoying cleaning or mold. It's easy to use and makes your home smell amazing. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy humidifier purchase today with their filter subscription. Plus, you'll receive a free aroma kit to be used with their built-in aroma diffuser. Even better, use code SKINNY10 at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Trust me, your skin will thank you. And I think that people do start to feel that. Like even people on a diet, they'll be like, I don't want to be that person at the table that's ordering the salad while everybody else is ordering the pizza. And it's like, well, listen, if you want to order the salad because you enjoy salads, get it. Don't feel like, you know, that doesn't mean you're on a diet. But if you're sitting there like afraid 
to eat the pizza with everybody else, that's very different. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. The people that are like afraid or the people that are a little bit more judgmental Yes, with it. Or like they hold themselves, like they almost get like a moral, yes. like virtue they tie to with the food choices. And that's also, I like to be, I like to consider that distorted and dysfunctional way. Of yeah. Like we have a, uh, some friends, they're probably going to listen to this, that are, <laughs> I guess, they're yeah. now, um, what do they call them? A pescatarian, right? They only want fish. Okay. They no meat anymore, right? This is yeah. a, whole, it's a whole thing. Yes. And now I'm annoyed to go out with them because if I get meat, which I do from time to time. Yeah. I have to hear them on their moral high ground. Tell me why I'm a bad person to eat the meat. And I'm like, you know what? Yes. I, I know. I'm going to eat the meat. And I, now I'm just, you know. I also don't like to like sauce. worry about it when I'm doing it. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. Last night, I felt like eating Cheez-Its. It, it doesn't happen a lot. I just felt like Cheez-Its. So I took like a small bowl and put some Cheez-Its in there. I never eat it out of the bag. That's a hot tip that I was told yes. a long time ago. I'm sure you know that because you you definitely eat more. So I put it in a bowl and I ate the Cheez-Its. I'm not going to sit there and be like, I can't believe I'm eating Cheez-Its. There's all this oil and it did it up. Why I'm eating the Cheez-Its. I'm going to sit and enjoy the Cheez-Its. So if I'm going out to dinner and someone is telling me as I'm eating my steak, how, how bad it is, it's annoying. I call them the food police and they're real. The food <sighs> police are real. They're everywhere. And I think specifically with the meat stuff, it's very political now and, and like climate change. And I, and it is important. You know, we, it's a big problem that we go, obviously climate, this is not the podcast. <laughs> we're, yep. we're not talking about climate change today, but, but basically, so that's a big topic and we are seeing the benefits of going more plant-based, not just for ourselves, but for the planet. Sure. But at the same time, I'm not anti-meat. I actually think eating a little bit of meat in your diet, if you enjoy it and you have access to it, is very nutritious. It's the best source of iron, zinc, B vitamins. You get a great source of high biological value protein. So, I, you know, I just think everybody needs to just stay in their lane and not necessarily be more self-aware with how they come off with food. And maybe people listening can like take that, you know, just your choices are your choices and that's fine. But yeah, totally. It's like, don't be a nosy neighbor. Stay in your yeah. lawn, Karen. You know, like, don't look at my hedges. Like, yeah. just focus on your own hedges. Well, I think, right. like, we did our blood type a while ago, and so, like, O positive, and, it, and I was, mm. and I found out that, like, periodic, like, I can tell, I don't eat a lot of meat, but I can tell if I yeah. haven't had meat in a while, like, my body wants it. Yes. Right, like, and, and it makes me feel better when I have it. I don't, I, I'm not one of those people who's like, I can't eat it three nights a week. Like, I can maybe, like, once or twice a week, but if I don't have it for, say, two, three weeks, like, I can tell. Yes. And it's interesting, because I see that sometimes it's, like, men tend to like crave meat. It's almost like there was actually something I read once that was about how men want meat because it makes, not that this is why you're doing it, it, makes you feel like more masculine and like more like strong. And then women tend to go more to like plant-based eating. So like there could be, again, the psych I'm all about the psychology. There could be a little bit of that, but- Probably. Like if I saw myself in the yeah. future eating a bunch of legumes, I might beat my future <laughs> self up. You never know. There's something to it. But again, right. I just think everyone can, right. In California, there's a lot of clinics, like diet cl clinics that mm -hmm. are throughout California that prescribe FenFen. -fen yes. When people are losing weight. I have talked to a lot of girlfriends that have gone to these clinics and they've lost a lot of weight. Okay. But I know there's a, there's a downside of that. And I, I feel like you're in this industry. If you could speak on what your opinion is. Totally. And, and this is your opinion. Like, go off. Okay. So weight loss drugs in general, I'm not anti, not anti anything because I'm very, I like to call myself diet neutral, very neutral with my approach. Personalization is paramount. But 
with weight loss drugs specifically, the issue I see is that they're just like prescribed and doled out way too quickly and without giving people a chance to figure it out first on their own. And then I always say, yes, there's also side effects. You have to be monitored. Right now, there's very, there's the popular ones that I see, at least in Manhattan, is like Wagovi, Saxenda, and gosh, I'm forgetting the third one, but there's three big ones. And I see people jumping on it and then quickly jumping off, off of it because they notice they don't feel good on it. They have side effects. And I always ask when anyone says to me, a client comes in, they say, listen, my doctor told me that I could take this medication. I want to lose weight. I always say, okay, but what's going to happen later on when you want to stop? What's, what's, where's the long-term approach here? I get it, but do you want to be on this forever? Yeah, maybe you'll, it'll be a jump start. You'll lose weight. You'll feel good. You'll want to, you know, carry through with all your habits and behaviors. You'll be able to like, you know, just keep going with that. You'll be on a good momentum. But where, where does this end? What's the game plan? And so that's always my question. And sometimes like, you know what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be on it for the rest of my life. And I don't know if that's something I want to put myself through is all those side effects. So, but maybe it is. I don't think there should be any judgment at all. Never. I don't judge anybody that takes any medication for any reason at all. As long as you're doing it under under the supervision of a doctor, of course, and you've really weighed all of the risks and the rewards. That's it. You have to weigh every medication, weigh the risks, weigh the rewards. That's how we figure stuff out. There's never going to be a perfect solution at all. I totally agree with that approach. Yes. What are some things that people are eating? And maybe you see it all over Instagram where there's hidden shit in it and they don't know. So for instance, like, you know, I switched to Malk almond milk because I noticed the one that I was buying had all these different gums and like added oil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, so I was just like, this is, I'm going to balance my diet, like my checkbook. And like, I don't need all this weird shit in my almond milk every day that I'm drinking every day. Like maybe you could talk about like, is there coffee that's not organic? That's bad. Is there weird peanut butters? Like what are things that maybe we don't know about that we could easily avoid? And just like, what is that switch? Right. Well, I think number one, the best diet is an all-inclusive diet, but more whole foods, you know, try to eat more foods that don't come in a package, don't come in a box or don't come in a jar, you know, as much as you can. Not everybody has access to that all the time. So sometimes processed food needs to be in the diet. And then with processed food, not all processed food is bad. There's a lot of healthy, nutritious, and healthy is another whole other conversation about what is actually healthy and not healthy. How do we define that? But there's ultra nutritious, highly beneficial food that are processed. So it's okay, but it shouldn't be an abundance in your diet. So what I would argue is say, most of the time, there's going to be additives. There's going to be extra stuff like the carrageenan that we're seeing that could be potentially cancerous and the, you know, p- chemicals and the plastic that we can, that can be cancerous and mess with your endocrine system. So those all, those are all things that flow. We can't unfortunately avoid every single thing from coming in our body. But what you can do is make sure that the abundance of your diet is not those processed packaged foods. And that's the best way to protect yourself and stay healthy without losing your mind and being like afraid of eating. Because I don't, I hate to ever say, don't eat this, you know, eat this, don't eat that, be afraid of that, be afraid of this. I, because my whole, my biggest, my, part of my philosophy, my biggest thing, the biggest advocate of a healthy relationship with food. And you can't have a healthy functioning relationship with food and you're afraid of eating it and you're, you don't trust it. What about any little quick swaps? Like, 
swapping out your ketchup, like your Heinz ketchup for like Primal Kitchen? Like, is there yeah. any like little swaps that you Organ- do? When you can, organic. Now there's like the Dirty Dozen list and the Clean 15. So you can follow that to see which ones have more pesticides. The other, not, not to be like, you can't like, pay attention to anything, trust anything, but organic is not always 100% organic. There's very loose labeling laws. So even if you're like spending all this money, getting all this organic food, you don't know necessarily that it is 100% organic and it is more expensive. Organic is more expensive. And, you know, a lot of things that are quote unquote healthier, whatever that means, can be more expensive, like wild fish. Like I'm a big proponent of wild salmon over farm raised. A lot of people will eat salmon. Oh, it has omega-3s. I need to get more of that in my body. And that is great. And whether you do farm or wild, great. But wild is less contaminated. It is. It's less contaminated. Contaminated. You're getting more of that beneficial EPA to DHA omega-3. So, you know, those are things that, of course, are definitely beneficial. I think when you can get more plant proteins in your diet, don't have to avoid meat when you're eating meat. If you could get grass-fed, you have a little bit more omega-3, you have less saturated fat. So that's also important. And then when it comes to carbohydrates, try to find the ones that are more fiber rich and try to get the ones that are more like real fiber, not added fake fiber, like real fiber from my three Bs, beans, bran, and berries are the best sources of fiber. So those are all like the gist of it. And so again, I think if you're just like when we when we hone in on those little details or we start to fixate on too much like, oh, be afraid of that or don't, don't eat that or worry about that, like your head spins and you're just like, well, now I'm really not listening to my body because I'm so worried about what's in like the cereal that I'm eating right now when it's like, okay, eat the cereal, enjoy the cereal. And then tomorrow have avocado toast with some salmon or eggs, smoked salmon or eggs, and then balance. It's not, the dose makes the poison. What are some brands that you constantly go to that you feel like do a great job of just having integrity? Here's the deal. I'm sick of getting the DMs. I'm tired of it. Oh my God. Tired of answering it. So I'm just going to do it right here. Here's what you got to know about strong hair. Not only do you have to soothe it, take care of it, nourish it, but you got to strengthen it. And that's why I like talking about K18 hair. After 10 years of bioscience research, K18 is disrupting the hair care industry with their patented K18 peptide that reverses hair damage in four minutes. If you heard the episode with Dr. Conover, we talked all about peptides. Now you have a peptide hair mask by K18. It is one of the best products that you can use if you want to strengthen your hair, have luscious head of hair, not go bald, have that just epic mane that I have myself, if I do say so. This is one product that he is constantly using. I've caught him in his hair mask. I think the reason that you like it so much is because it reverses hair damage. Listen, I don't got a lot going for me, but I do got a good head of hair. We know. You tell me every second. And you can have it too. Lauren, don't interrupt me when I want to flow in my read because I like to get going. I like to get the people fired up. They should be fired up about this. The best part of K18 is it works on all hair types and textures. The more damaged the hair, the more dramatic the results. So check it out. Get hair like new with K18 available at Sephora.com and K18hair.com. Just for our listeners, you can get 10% off your first order plus free shipping with code SKINNY at K18hair.com. That's 10% off your first order plus free shipping with code SKINNY at wwwk 18 8hair.com. K18 hair products are certified plastic neutral by Plastic Bank. Enjoy. Sure. So like I had said before, I'm a big Trader Joe's 
fan because they have everything you need. They have all the basics. It's super affordable in Manhattan. Really hard to find like groceries when you're feeding a family of four and not break the bank. It's so affordable. Yes. Trader Joe's is amazing. And they yeah. have everything and everything tastes really good. We don't really have good. Trader Joe's here. Oh, so, guys. We do? Yeah, they're, they're, I've seen them around oh. here. <laughs> I gotta you go. You need to go it's in there. so And affordable. everything is good. Everything yeah. tastes good. The frozen They're stuff tastes good. They're creative too. They're creative. There's always new products. Yeah. So it's three blocks from me. It's they have like, a podcast too. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. you know that. <laughs> Let's, Listen, okay. I know what do they talk on. about other podcast products? L- listen and find out here. How's okay. that? Oh, that? There's plug, a plug for you, Trader plug. Joe's. You're welcome. Yep. Oh. Cha-ching. Okay. So no, so, so I'm a very, I'm a big fan of them. And I think when you can get organic, especially if you have kids, you know, like I'm not an organic snob. And like I said, it's not a hundred percent, but whatever you could do to minimize the amount of pesticides coming in your body. Great. You know, good. Like not bad that you can't, but better that you can. So that's, I, I like to be very realistic. It's just, there's so much noise out there. So much noise. And like you said, social media, you go through, there's a different diet every five seconds out there, the different beliefs, different do this, don't do that. And it's like, why do we need all that? You know, a hundred years ago, we didn't have any of that. We were fine. Let me ask you this. And Lauren talks to me about this. She's going to know the, the the rule and the way you describe it. But I feel like a lot of people that stress about, well, any area of life, but let's take diet, for example, they stress so much about their diet. It's almost like they, they get themselves so worked up. Their hormones get so out of balance that it, they could be doing everything right. But if your hormones get so out of whack because you're so stressed about this stuff, it almost makes it counterproductive and impossible to, you know. Totally. That's what happened to me when I was postpartum. I gained 60 pounds and for six months after I had a baby, all I did was stress about it. And it was, I could not lose weight. And we would have private conversations and I kept saying, and I I didn't know how to educate on this because it's not my field of work. But I said, I was like, I really feel the more you focus on what you don't want and what you don't like, the, the harder it's going to be. Spot on. Yes. I agree with that. It's hard though for people. And that's a big thing that I see. And I always feel terrible when I have people come in and they're working so hard and they're, you know, focusing on their, what they're putting on their plate and they're practicing mindfulness and they're going to the gym and they're doing all the things and nothing is happening. And they've been lower. It's not like their body can't lose weight. They've lost weight in the past, but something is blocking it. And I always bring that up. So that was really intuitive and smart because it's totally true. I see it. People, literally, you could stress yourself out. It doesn't help to say to someone who's stressed, don't stress. Like that's nobody in the history of the universe ever not stressed with that. But it is a real thing. And that's why it helps to like put away the scale. Stop weighing yourself for a little bit. Put away the apps with the counting of the macros and the cal- and the calories. And just like relax, like chill for a little bit. Just eat whatever you can. And sometimes people will notice like when they go away, they're on vacation, holidays, they actually like lose weight. Yeah, yeah. They lose it because they're not as stressed what, about it. What made a difference for me is that one, I got my thyroid checked, but not just my thyroid from a pra- like a normal practitioner. I went to a hormone endocrinologist expert who looked under the bed, not just at the bed. And I got on the right thyroid medication. I had a super low thyroid. So that was one thing. I lost Mm -hmm. 20 pounds in a month. Yes. The other thing, so I would say people, if you you feel like you're stuck, do that, is I started listening to like Joe Dispenza breaking the habit of being yourself and Louise, hey, you can heal your life. And Mm -hmm. I started meditating and Mm -hmm. visualizing on what I wanted, not what I didn't want. Yes. So for six months, I spent sitting in this place where I thought about what I didn't want. I I didn't want the weight. I didn't want it to, I didn't want to get, gain more weight. But instead I started thinking about what I wanted. And once I made that switch, it was like, 
it, it started to fall. Game changer. You know, we I, are we are the ones that get in our way yeah. more than anybody else. This is somewhat related, but there's a a lot of time when you go to driving school. When I was a kid, I went to you know, went to driving school, mm-hmm. and a, the majority of people that end up getting in car accidents, they end up crashing because when they start crashing, they look where they don't want to go, not where they need to go, right? And yep. so they teach you in driving school when you start spinning out or you start going off the road, you start crashing. Don't look what you want to avoid. Like say, there's that yeah. tree or that like because you'll you're, subconsciously your mind will take you there. You'll actually end up crashing into that tree or that bank or whatever. If you look where you actually want to go, that's most likely where you end up, even in a high-speed crash and high-speed spin-out. I love that because literally I say all the time that with food, especially if I said to you, here's a box of Oreos, only eat two, do not eat the rest. I don't know how many Oreos are in a box, but don't eat the rest of them. All you're thinking about with those two Oreos that you're eating is not to eat the rest of it. So what's going to happen? You're like eating the two and you're like, okay, don't eat anymore. Don't eat anymore. And then you end up eating more of it because you're so focused on not. And that's how diets can be to your mindset. Like you're so focused on don't eat that. Don't eat that. Avoid this. Make sure you do this. That you're just thinking so much about everything else that it is impossible to succeed because you're just now like, again, don't fall. Don't fall. You're going to fall. Like that's how we are. It's human nature, psychology 101. And then the other thing about the thyroid I wanted to mention, I do think that's important. And a lot of times I'll say, when was your last blood check? Let's look at your thyroid. A lot of times they'll only measure the TSH and they need to go yes. further. And that's what you said, probably looking at the top Thank and not you going for the underneath. Scientific yes. yes, TSH, they just yeah. like would, me- they just were looking not at looking my- Not looking at th- the T4, the T3, the free T4. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I think, yeah. and one of like the T4, the yes. T3 was off. And yes. I, so I try to tell anyone who's postpartum, especially because- yep. That is such a sensitive time. Like, make sure you go and get your hormones checked by an expert. Shout out to Dr. Shirley in Beverly Hills. Ooh, I love her. Okay. You obviously look amazing. You've had twins. Have you had ups and downs with your weight? Or are you naturally thin? Or do you work at it? What is what is your relationship to food and diet and health? I love that question. It's interesting because when I'm with clients, I rarely disclose stuff because I always like to keep it on them. But the reality is I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and be passionate about it if I didn't struggle too. I think that that right there makes me have more qualifications and I'm able to empathize with people. So yes, I grew up, I was very active. I was played soccer, competitive soccer. And, you know, in high school, I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. I want to just put on makeup and go hang out with boys. So I stopped playing. As soon as I stopped playing, it was like, just rapid fire weight gain. So, you know, I like to say there's that that term like the uh, fat girl complex where people will lose weight and they still see themselves as bigger. I had like the opposite where I was always like thin, athletic girl, small, whatever. And then eventually started gaining weight. And it was like, I le- lost my identity. I was like this, and it wasn't massive amounts of weight. So I don't want to, you know, make it like this. I don't want to exaggerate it, but it was enough that I felt like, like this wasn't my body. And it really did cause a lot of like body image issues in high school. And from there, what happens when you have body image issues is you start to focus on food and you go, okay, what can I do to like lose weight? So I got really into it. Fortunately, it never got into like any eating disorder territory. I kind of stopped after that, but like I was more focused on it. And then from there, I just learned more and worked on that stuff. But it never ends. Like I definitely am in a much better place. For me, what helped me the most with my body image specifically was having kids. I think after I had kids and it's kind of, ironic because usually that's when women's bodies change. And like you said, you like hard, it was hard to lose weight after. A and nightmare. Like, it took two years. It was a fucking it's nightmare. Really tough. I'm not, I'm, really I'm going to tell the truth to everyone. Yeah. I am not going to sit here and it. be like, I was breastfeeding and chasing my no. kids around. It was a nightmare. Some women, it's very interesting. Some women lose so much weight with breastfeeding and some women can't lose weight until they stop breastfeeding. Breastfeeding did jack yeah. shit. It does in my weight. 
doesn't always. And it, so I just think it's it's false advertisement yes. for a lot of these celebrities to get on and be like, ah. And maybe they did lose weight from not breastfeeding. Realistic, like, yeah. Well, well also like lie. if you're on the camera every day and you're like walking your red carpet, you have a different motivation to lose weight like a celebrity right. does. It's a right. very different mentality. But ultimately, you know, it kind of taught me more about this whole concept of body neutrality. So not body positivity because, you know, I think it's body positivity is great. It's like love your body. You have cellulite on your legs. Great. I could love my body, cellulite and all, rolls and all. Like you don't, it shouldn't be reserved for small bodies. That's body, the concept of body positivity. But neutrality is like, listen, I'm not going to get there. Sometimes that could be toxic to people. It's like, I have to love my body all the time. I even say, is that healthy? Is it healthy to look in the mirror and be like, I love my body every single day. Neutrality is like, you know what? I don't love the way I look right now. And that's okay. I hate it. I'm not happy. I feel heavier, but I could still take these legs and walk myself to go pick up my child or to go run a marathon or to go to travel the world. Like looking at how your, what your body does for you instead of how it looks can really change your mind shift. Why you mentioned having kids changed that for you. You had twins. Was that like a lot postpartum? It was a lot. It was a lot. I was so, <laughs> breastfeeding did make me lose a lot of weight after. Uh, of course, yeah, I'm like, like, I like saying that to you and you're like, yeah, breastfeeding actually like, worked for that. me, bitch. And I, and I literally, like I hear everyone's so different. That's why I said it's like everyone's 50. different. But what happened for me is I gained weight as soon as I stopped breastfeeding. I couldn't eat, like you can't eat. For me, I couldn't eat enough. And then I was busy and I had twins and I was back to work in my like office within a month. You had calls. twins too. Yeah. So maybe that's different. Like, oh, well, it's more wait, breast milk. Uh, this yeah. is just a tangent. Yeah. If you have twins, is one sucking on one tit and the other sucking on you the can. other tit? It's called tandem breastfeeding. I tried oh, it. Come I tried on. it one time, and I was like, "That's it. I'm not a cow. Okay, okay. I'm not so doing you didn't. It. You it's didn't. amazing to oh, women who do way, it. Amazing yeah. if you can amazing. do that. But can someone actually drop into my DMs and let me know how you do that? Because how do you hold like footballs? Footballs. And then one's like kicking you, and like you go like this, and then you have them like showing them yeah. right now. And, and then you have the little boppy oh thing. And then they rest on here and then you do it. I tried it one time. I'm like, I'm, I'm too, I'm not tall enough for And this. Michael's I'm the not type tall. of husband that would walk in and be like, hey, can we record a podcast <laughs> when I'm tan and breastfeeding? I could see you being like, what's wrong? Right. Might be, <laughs> yeah, do might it. be an interesting show. No, no, right. no. Okay, so, so, yes. so you, you ended up losing weight from breastfeeding and then you gained weight. And then I stopped breastfeeding and immediately like, was like, okay, got to go back to before. And my body changed so much. Like I'm not like, I don't see the same, you know, other people could look at other people and think things, but I don't see the same body that I had pre-pregnancy, but I see myself caring less about what it looks like. And more like, you know what, my kids, I have my kids like this C-side, a C-section, the C-section. And I struggled with pregnancy not to go on a whole different tangent, but it took me a while. I ended up having to do like fertility medication. I didn't do IVF, but I went through all of that. The highs, the lows, the, it was like a year of tears and cry. And I'm so like type A, like I need to, not with a lot of things, but with this, I was like, we're going to get married. I'm going to stop my birth control pill. We're going to have a kid. This is what we're going to do. We're going to stay in the city. We're going to go here. And I map out my life like that. And it didn't happen. And it took a, almost a year. And I really went through it. So I think for me, going through all that and then getting pregnant, having twins, going through the birth, which was, thank goodness, easy, but it was a C-section. Like it just made me appreciate finally what my body like was able to do because that is a mind F. I don't know if you can curse on here, but mind You can F. curse. You mind fuck because- It's been done before. Oh my God. Sorry. Okay, sorry. I just didn't know if we should censor. So, you know, that that was hard because that's a different type of body image issue that you've never experienced when you can't get pregnant. You're like, what? Like you feel like your body is just like completely abandoning you. And you're just like, what's wrong? This Like I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm supposed to get pregnant. I know it sounds 
really silly, but like you feel like that's like what you're supposed to do. Right, right. And I'm like, why can't I get it? And so it really, again, opened up my eyes to so many things. So I look at that as like, a, like I had a happy ending, thank goodness, but that changed everything for me. And so, you know, again, so my weight's fluctuated. You know, I, I don't have the perfect body image. Like I wish I was taller. I wish I was tanner. I wish I was, had, you know, better skin. Like I have all of those things all of the time. But I think the more you focus, I think it's okay to be like, I don't love that about myself. But guess what? It's okay. I could work on other things in life that bring me joy other than the way I look. Also, like, what can you do today for six months from now? I always am thinking like that. that. Like, can I just take a walk today? Can I just get an extra workout in today? Can I just... Um, you micro, know, little micro little, movements is what I call them. I can't, yeah. I've realized I can't do everything at once. I got to just go slow. One thing. I just yeah. say one, literally one yeah. thing this, this week, just one, because it's so much less overwhelming to be like, I'm just going to add water every morning versus I'm going to do, go to the gym. I'm going to start grocery shopping. Yeah, start cooking. I'm gonna start doing that. It's like, no, you're not, you're not going to do any of that. And if you do, it's going to fizzle out. Yeah. Easy come, easy go. So I just, I would say it's better to focus on that one thing. And I think that ends up adding more. And then you get confidence. Like, oh, checked off my list. Now I can do something else. So that's kind of the approach I take with my clients too, is I just, I feel like there's too many things out there that are overwhelming and it's better to focus on it little tiny, on on a smaller scale. What if someone comes to you and you start talking to them and you realize they have disordered eating, whether it's orthorexia, bulimia, anorexia, what what direction would you guide them in? Totally. And I think that's a great question because I didn't, oh, I wasn't always sensitive to that. And a, not m- all dietitians, but many dietitians are not sensitive to that and need to be. In fact, I think all registered dietitians, if you have that credential, you should at least be familiar with the signs. You should screen people because we're the ones that they're coming to. And if someone's coming in with disordered eating or even an eating disorder and we don't catch it, who is going to? If I say, here, take this diet plan and go lose weight. We're like now, I don't want to say like causing more issues, but we're definitely adding fuel to the fire. So I think it's so important that every dietitian is very sensitive to it. I always screen for it right away. And what, I, what you know, do you screen? How can you tell? So I talk about like a few things. I want to talk about do you have any rules? Like, do you have rules? Like, I can't eat after this time. I can't eat this place. Do you stress about food? Do you think about food all day long? Are you spending so much time analyzing labels of food packages in the grocery store? Are you saying no to plans because you're afraid of eating out? Are you like packing your own food when you're going to family house, family's house on holidays? I get doing that if you have like, if, you're, if you have celiac disease and you can't eat gluten. That's a medical need. I understand doing it for a medical need, an allergy. But if you're doing that because you're afraid of what it's going to do to your body or how it's going to change your body shape, that isn't, not only is it not healthy, but it's not going to go anywhere. That's not going to help you long-term. So those are the types of things I look at, especially when people come in and say they want to lose weight. It's like, all right, well, first let's talk about your relationship with food. What are you doing? What diets have you tried? Because the diets that you've tried in the past might be part of the issue. That's where you may, may have gotten those little seeds of don't eat this food. Don't eat that food. You can't eat like you know, all like you can't eat fruit and you can't eat dairy and you can't eat gluten and it's implanted and you might not be like always thinking about it, but it's there in your subconscious. And then it becomes more like fears. Then those little rules become actual fears. Like I am so afraid of eating a banana, you know, or I am so afraid of eating anything with sugar in it. So that is not healthy. That's not healthy eating. 
to me, healthy eating is includes a healthy relationship with food or else what are we what are we doing? What are we talking about? Also, that's spiking your cortisol. Yes. When you're like, I can't eat this, which I think yes. it's it's kind of it reminds me of like those boot camps where you see you know, someone's screaming at, at, at the person yes. working out and then the music is so loud. It's techno and there's bright lights. It's like, if I went and did that workout, I would gain weight because yes. I do not want to be yelled at and listen to techno rap when I'm trying to decompress my system right. to like weight lift or whatever it is. Yes. I think it's important to like recognize the environment that you're in. Totally. And it's overstimulation. Yourself, oh, it's bad. Yeah. Right. And and I agree with you. And I think that is important. And that's why, you know, and that's why I love talking about mindfulness because it's like, no, go back to yourself and your center and stop like doing all these things to your body and, you know, spending all this time and energy and money. And when you can be investing that time into your mentality and your mindset and your habits and your behaviors. And so I 100% agree with that. If you could leave our audience with one tangible tip that they could do starting tomorrow from your book, The Core 3 Healthy Eating Plan, what would it be? That's a great question. Okay. So one tip, there's so many tips that I put in there, but one tip would be to definitely start paying attention of your thoughts around food and the why. Like, why are you eating that? What is the motivation there? What is the reason behind that? Because it's way more important to look at the why than the what. And then I'm going to cheat and add one more, but I think self-awareness is also major. Just being aware of what you're doing and journaling is a great way to do that. And it's free and anyone can do it at home. And just like writing down what you're eating, writing down, not just what you're eating and the amount. And like, we don't even have to go into like the amount of food, but the emotions around it, the emotions, stress levels, that will give you, bring you so much closer to finding that solution that you need and to identify certain problem areas. So those are two things that I think are very important to kind of get you to that place. And then other than that, it's just balance. Include, try to include a carb, a protein, and a fat at every meal as much as possible. Because when you're focusing on what to add into your diet, you don't have to focus on what to cut out. You naturally crowd out that other food. You naturally crowd it out. You're worried about eating too many carbs. Are you eating protein? Are you eating fats? Are you eating vegetables? If you're not, add those in. And then you probably won't have to worry about eating or overeating anything if you're eating a little bit of everything. And also don't stuff your whole entire sandwich down your face and eat so <laughs> and fast. Eat I actually, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do that exercise yeah. next time I eat it. I'm gonna think about why I feel like I gotta eat so fast. I've actually yeah. never done that. And okay. listen to classical that. music and light a candle that's non-toxic. Ooh, yes. I'm gonna throw on some heavy metal and just, <laughs> and just no. see how fast cortisol I can go through the roof. I can see Lawrence cortisol like rising. Oh, I've right had up. to train him for like ten years on how to wake up in the morning. He used Ooh. to wake up to like gangster rap. I was like, no, turns the lights on. It's like DMV lighting. I'm like, this is some not people just thrive on like the way. You know? I blame my dad. He was one of those dudes that like when I was a kid, he would just oh, open here the door, we go another another on. story from your autobiography. <laughs> I, when I met Lauren, she was like, she started doing these weird like there was like chimes and they were slow and the lights go up. Ooh. I would I was woken up just lights on, get up, ready to you go. You do wake up different. And let me just give you a quick little shout out right now. Yesterday I came home. And you were in the house and you go, babe, I set a vibe. And you had yeah, dimmed learned. the I've lights, learned. lit the candles, turned the music <gasps> on, the fire was going. You didn't even no, know I, what a fucking I, dimmer was when I first started dating me. you. I, my wake up when I was a kid, has you ever seen a full metal jacket? Yes. That was like that. It was like, 
Boom. Oh there you go. God. Out the door. <laughs> Don't wake up like Michael or you'll gain weight. Like military. Yes. Yeah, it was like, yeah, he yeah. was a military guy. So he was okay. just like, there you go. go. That's it. You get up. You do it. What can we expect from your book? Where can we find you on Instagram? Where can we find your book? Give us all the details. Okay. So you, the book is called The Core 3 Healthy Eating Plan. It's available on most major outlets and retailers like Barnes & Noble and Amazon and Borders, all of those bookstores. So you can get it online. It's going to be out early January. And then you can follow me on social at Lisa M Nutrition. And then my private practice is New York Nutrition Group. We actually take health insurance because I believe in affordable, accessible nutrition. It's That's not, amazing. It shouldn't be this luxurious thing that only celebrities have dietitian nutritionists. So we take all, all major health insurance plans and we offer, offer virtual visits as well as in person in New York. And I think that's it. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you, guys you are. so much for that. I picked up lots of tactics. Yay. Michael's going to eat slower. Slow down. Follow Lisa on Instagram and maybe we'll do a giveaway for your book at yes. the end of this. Congratulations. That is a major accomplishment. Thanks Thank you guys. Thanks, Thank you so Lisa. much for having me. That was great. <laughs> 